0: Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard.
1: Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering.
0: If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. So, why don't we pray for you guys? Yes. Thank you.
1: Father God, I thank you for the seed that you have put, for the word that you have put in these guys for this morning, Lord God. Yeah. Father, I thank you that you have brought it to, to maturation and this morning is the time to release it. Yeah. So, Father, I ask that your spirit would go with them as they speak from your word and they speak from your truth. Mm-hmm. And, Father, for us, I ask that our hearts and our minds would be like good soil to receive what you have for us this morning, Lord. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Um, Well, Phil and I are both speaking in different sections this morning um, about Noah and the ark. And we're talking about turning points and moving in a sea of change is what we've called it this morning. Um, But before I start, it's, you know, we're a pretty authentic community. So I have a tissue in my hand. I see a box over there. And it's, uh, it's probably just good for you to know, for those of you who don't, that we have, um, well, we're in the middle of grieving, Phil and I. So his beautiful mum, Mum Henry, um, died just not that long ago. And, you know, I was thinking this morning, sometimes it feels even now as if we're under this bit of a blanket with the whole COVID thing and it feels a bit oppressive. And as we were singing, I just thought, you know, I have... um, I just felt like God was saying, we're not meant to sit under that blanket. There's a corner of a coat of a redeemer that we're meant to tuck tuck under, like Ruth did with Boaz, that's that image for us. So even as I, you know, and I've I've had the privilege of being with lots of couples as they've birthed their babies into this life and um, with a lot of people as they've left this life, I've done a lot of looking into people's eyes at the beginning and end of what we experience as life here. So um, I did. We were with Mum Henry and I held her hands and um, she had a massive headache and knew she was going. And she looked at me and just held my hands really tight and just said, oh, cat. And uh, I can tell you there's something really precious about faithful people who've lived a faith-filled life who are not frightened to die. So I want to say this to you because I think it's applicable for what we're about to talk about. I think we don't know a lot about what Noah thought. In fact, we're not told any of his thoughts at all or his conversations that he had, We are told about how he responded, and he responded in faith. So let me read to you a little bit of this story as we start off. If you want to go to Genesis 6, it's quite a long section, and it's repeated a little bit, so read it all at home. It's one of the most ancient stories. Um, We watched a film last night called The Dig, I think it was. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's really interesting. And the bit that stood out to me is um, our bodies disappear altogether, but sometimes we carry things with us that are left in the earth and in this ship that was this vessel that was discovered, actually discovered for for real in Suffolk in between the wars, just as the Second World War was starting. Um, They had thought that Christian faith had come to... England much later and then this archaeological dig discovered that actually it was much earlier than anyone thought that people understood who Jesus Christ was. He was their Lord and Saviour. So it was something that was left as a faithful response that people were having to try and spread the good news that they knew. And we have this story that's left for us to encourage us. So let's dig into it, hey? Genesis 6. And I'm going to start at verse 5 and read just little sections, so read across with me. In verse 5 it says, The Lord was looking around the earth and he realised that men had become so wicked. If you jump across then to verse 8 it says, But Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. He was God's friend. And it says that he was right and blameless among the people. It doesn't mean he was perfect but it means that his main aim in life was to walk with God. And then we jump down and see that the Lord was just so heartbroken by the violence in the world. And his response to that was to tell Noah to make an ark. And as he was doing this ark building, the Lord told him he would make a covenant with him. And all we know about Noah's response is this in verse 22 of chapter 6. Noah did everything just as the Lord commanded him. Then you flick over into chapter 7 and we have this understanding that none of the people of that time would have understood what a flood was even. Noah was really old and this past week I've felt as old as 600 years but he was and the floodwaters came up on the earth Noah his sons and his wife they all got into the ark and they were about to escape they were about to be rescued they were about to be saved as a result and there's lots of sevens you'll see and I'll just mention the significance of them at the end there were seven days and then the flood water came. So actually they were waiting in the ark all together for that time. Goes back over the story a few times in different ways. But we're aware that there were animals that came. Maybe that's part of why we love the story. (laughs) Because these pairs of creatures of every kind came into the ark as well. So it was about humanity being saved. It was about animals being saved from extinction. And it also lists a whole lot of food and seeds and things that would start life again being saved. And then it says, the Lord shut them in. And at the end of chapter 7, it says, the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. Everything on the face of the earth was wiped out what an enormous tragedy but in chapter 8 it tells us that God remembered Noah and he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded the springs and the heavens closed and the rain stopped but even when the rain stopped they still had to remain in the ark so what are the things that we could learn from this part of this great story. God didn't want his people to be filled with violence. And the cost of violence that we can see here is enormous, isn't it? It's a cost to the whole of creation. It's devastating. God, above all, longs for his people to walk with him in relationship. And Noah walked with God. He looks for people who are filled with faith... Who are willing to participate in something like building an ark, to participate in something that could be a rescue mission. In times of change, God wants us to listen to his voice, to walk with him, to find the ark word that the Lord is calling us to. And that word ark really stood out to me. And so I went and had a bit of a look, I had a dig to discover what it really means. And the Hebrew word is tava, which means much more than just a vessel, a cypress wood vessel. The word actually means to be held, treasured and saved. And it's used several times in the scripture. Here in Noah's Ark, it was to be held as a refuge saved from judgment and death. There's a parallel word, in the Ark of the Covenant. It's not the same word. But that was to describe the place where God's presence and salvation for forgiveness where the priests would come on behalf of the people. But there are two other places where this exact word is used. In the basket that Moses was laying in, it was the tava. That was the word they chose. They didn't use the word basket. So everyone who read that would have heard this same word that they heard when they read Noah's Ark. They would have heard tava. The ark of deliverance from slavery and death. And the other one is when Jesus was laid in a food trough. The Tava, where eternal salvation was given to us, the beginning of a life that would be ended on a cross, that would become an eternal taba for us. And in the New Testament, Peter refers to this Taba, to Noah's ark, in his both of his letters. So it was a really significant story that was carried on. And his main point here is, yes, that that God does see how we're living and it distresses him. But his main point in 2 Peter 2.9 is that God knows how to rescue. He knows how to rescue his people. He's good at that. And the analogy of floodwaters and the rescue to the ark... Describe what can happen spiritually. What happens to us when we're baptised? An outward symbol of this inward change of being rescued into Christ. And some of us have just recently been baptised here. So you can hear that story from our friends. In times of change, God wants us to walk with him. To listen to him to know his voice and to partner with him in his saving work. This work can take great obedience and quiet faith. It may start small and it may seem insignificant or it may seem impossibly big to you. Ask God to help your heart to be awakened to his purposes. When we are saved, our conscience is awakened to the work of God. I think we all have seasons where we are arced now. And COVID might have been that for you. It was for me. For me, it was a time when Phil and I knew that we were finished. It was our last year of ministry. It has been our last year of ministry. And I really grieved doing all the things that I hoped to do with you in person for our lasts. Women's retreats were cancelled. Meetings together were cancelled. Easter was online online. Good Friday, I didn't look into any of your faces. And it's been really sad for us. Because we love you, and because we love being together, and it means the world to us, to be able to look into each other's eyes and encourage each other in faith. But this is not where God wanted me to focus, or to leave my focus, not to move away too quickly. We have lamentations in the Scripture as well that reminds us to stay in that place of lamenting and to give honour to what those things are telling us. The unexpected comes. Our dear mum, Henry, had recently going to heaven. Even though she was 91 and we knew it would come sometime, so quickly, it was unexpected. We all have unexpected things that come our way. But in these times and in last year, God quietly spoke to me. And I got out like you might have into creation and appreciated this piece of earth that God has given me to live in, in a new way. A chance to breathe, to be silent, and to watch his world recovering from our abuse of it. I discovered listening to God in a new way, as you may have, and discovered a new small calling that's starting to build that's different and tells me there is a way to love people and to welcome them into faith beyond pastoring into that saving love of God. I have and I am being art in God, treasured, held, yielded to his sacred forming of my life, to my heavenly father. It's unexpected. It's unexpectedly undoing. There are endings and there's grief, but there's also life. There is a covenant. And when the Lord closes the door and you feel Closed in, perhaps instead we could choose to feel held, yielded to him, trusting in our God, knowing that there is a promise for us to move out again. The number seven appears so many times in there, and people would have read that and understood that that was a symbol of completeness. And it's a reminder to us today that the arced work of God in our lives, being arced in the Lord, will be a job he completes, that he does for us. So I'm going to pass to Phil now because he's going to talk about when we move out of that time of being arced and yielded to the Lord, how we can move there.
0: Thanks, babe. No. All right. The uh, the flood story is a new creation story. You see what's happening is you're seeing chaos moving to order. You see a new beginning. You see God controlling everything. And so I'm not too sure whether you've thought about that, um, about the story, going, okay, yes, we had the first creation story, but we now have actually another creation story where God is is... Removing the chaos that's in the world and and starting um, and bringing new things. Let me just quickly read uh, from chapter 8, 8 through 12. Because I feel like this is something that God's put on my heart to sort of talk about this morning. So from verse 8 it says, Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could not find uh, find no place to set its feet because there was no... uh, um, Because there was water over all the surface of the earth, so it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and he took the dove and brought it back into the uh, to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and sent it out again, uh, sent the dove out from the ark. When the dove uh, returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Uh, Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth, and he waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. Um, so we see this sending the dove out, and I don't know about you, but um, what, what does that image remind, remind you of? What's the word that comes to mind when you see that image? A bit louder, you're a bit muffled, I don't know why. Sorry? Life. Life. Peace, yes, peace. So automatically we think in a way that this is a picture of peace. So it's really interesting, isn't it, that, that right, from, right from this story we have uh, this amazing sign uh, for, Mo, uh, for Noah. It was, a, it was a sign for him that the storm was over and that peace was coming. And so the family leaves the ark and they begin again. And so I felt uh, what the Lord has wanted to uh, share with us or remind us of is his invitation or call to follow the way of peace. So in a time of transition, follow the way of peace. Now where else do we see this image of the dove in Scripture? Well, one that probably comes quickly to mind is at the baptism of Jesus, yeah? John 1.32 says this, Then John gave this testimony, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Now, you will remember that um, John was told to watch for that sign. So again, this dove was a sign. Um, It was a sign of of what God was doing. And again, um, God is calling us to follow the way of peace. So we're called to follow Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So as we navigate transition, however it comes upon us, I believe as God is saying to us, follow the way of peace. And it's really interesting because I feel like even the last time... I spoke at the back end of last year, it was all about peace. This peace thing is a big thing in God's mind. And so um, I'm just going to bounce through this a bit to maybe stir that in us. We go to the disciples. As Jesus' ministry grows, remember, he sends out his disciples to the towns of Israel. Um, And he gives them this instruction. Matthew 10 11 through 13 says whatever town or village you enter search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave as you enter the home give it your greeting if the home is deserving let your peace rest on it let um if not let your peace return to you so what do we see here so jesus is wanting to see his kingdom expand. He's sending the disciples out, and he says something really profound to his disciples. He says, I, I believe what he's saying is, God's going to show you a person worthy of receiving peace. Now, what was it? Did they, did they dress in blue? or Like there was something that God gave them the capacity to see in a home, somebody who is worthy of receiving peace. That's really quite remarkable, isn't it, to think about that. And he says to them, when you find that person, that home, make it your home while you're there. In other words, while you do the ministry and teaching in that town, stay in that place of peace. Let it rest there. Let it stay there. And also, interesting... That, that Jesus was saying to his disciples, you don't realize you carry peace. And so as you see through the Spirit this significant person, this home that, that is a place worthy of receiving blessing, I want you to dispense it. I want you to give them the peace that is in you. Times of transition can be filled with all sorts of unknown. Like, like this story is about, we've got storm. And I don't know about you, when, when you're in times of transition, no matter what it is, there is an unknown. There is a not too sure what's happening. There is change. And, you know, we all love change, don't we? Yahoo! Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. It can have storm. It can have chaos. And yet God is saying to us, as we navigate through that time, is to say, follow the way of peace. And so he's saying, firstly, follow the way of peace. Look for it in the people around you. It's really. Have you ever been to somebody's home and just gone, "Oh, this this, this place just feels peaceful." Yeah, you've done that. You, you, you walk in and you just like, you just like breathe out and go, "Oh, this is." There's something about this place. That isn't chaos, that isn't storm, that isn't, you know, whatever. But there's a sense of peace there. There's also... So, firstly, I feel like as we navigate this, look for peace in the people around you. The other thing is, also in your mind. Because I think... um, our mind can often be a stormy place, and often that's where the storm is the most. And so it is being able to go, Lord, how is, where's my mind? Is it in a place of peace? So how do we follow the way of peace? Firstly, let the Spirit lead you. The disciples were able to discern a home deserving of peace. They, they saw it. So as we seek to be led by the Spirit and follow peace, then ask the Lord to show you. When things are in turmoil, when there's a storm there, I think we are encouraged by the Lord to say, Lord, show me the place of peace. Show me the person of peace in this time. 23 years ago, Kath and I decided that we were going to plant Northridge Vineyard. Bit of a transitional time. Um, And yet, for us, it was like we just felt at peace about it. It felt like almost the only thing that we could do. Even though there were other things that we surely could have done, it just felt like this was the right thing. And there was a peace about it, even though um, we had no idea what it was going to look like. You know, we, you know, we'd been in leadership, but it was like, all right, well, this is, this is a big thing. We're starting a whole new church. And there were some Sundays when it was just us, Stephen Cath, Hawks, and our kids at 9.30. And we're like, great, <laughs> the church is here. <laughs> and we just had to trust God. But there was a sense of just trusting that God knew what he was doing, even though it was not clear. So let the Spirit lead you. The second thing is, I think, seek the counsel of others. There are... I believe there's always going to be people around us who can bring us wisdom, light, and peace into our circumstances. Sometimes we feel like when things are in turmoil, we want to sort of hide away a bit. It's hard. But I feel like what God is saying to us is don't. Do it with others, seek others, ask for their thoughts, their wisdom, their prayers um, as you navigate a time of transition. And I think God will bring it. Um, It's interesting that um, the peace of God brings us um, His presence. And it must affect how we relate to each other. That sense that He calls us to actually journey together in peace. And so doing it with people is really important. And also the third thing is... Deal what's happening in our minds, and I think this is one of the things. Like, we're going to pray in a little bit, um, and I think one of the things that we are probably going to have to wrestle with most of our lives is the storm within. You know, what's going on between our ears? That's often where the storm is greatest, and um, and I believe God wants to bring His presence right there. Passages. Philippians 4 says this and the peace of God which transcends all understanding which is a really interesting thing isn't it that when God comes he can move beyond what may what is logical or seem the right thing God is bigger than that God is bigger than all that's going on and it's letting his peace actually overrule what's happening in our minds he will, um, and it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let me say that again. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it is a challenge for us as a church as we seek to follow this way of peace is, Lord, I want to deal with the stuff, the, 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 the lack of peace that's in my mind. Um, just to finish... Paul writes most of the well, a whole bunch of the New Testament, right? Verse one of all his letters start off with the words, "Grace and peace to you from our Lord, from our God, our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Without exception, he says, "Grace and peace." It is by receiving the grace, that, that unmerited, undeserved, favor, love, blessing of God in our lives that we are then able to receive peace. And he says it every letter. Look at it. Every letter. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. I think he's trying to make a point. So maybe have a look at that and go, Lord, how am I receiving God's grace and then letting his peace transform my life? Um, we're going to do some ministry now, but I want you to help me here. Um, what is what are other words for peace? I want you. I'm. I'm yeah, you're just being smart. <laughs> but it's a good word though. It's a great word. Um, what's another? What are other words for peace? We sang a whole bunch of them this morning. Tranquility, yes. Rest, yes. What else? Calm, stillness. All those words, other than tranquility. Um, we sang this morning. And so, I want you to think about, when, I, when, when we talk about following the way of peace, we think about rest, stillness, calm, <laughs> tranquility. I want you to ask yourself right now, are those things in my life? Because remember, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are, God has said, I will give you peace. And I want you to walk in this way of peace. So it's being able to think, Lord, how have, is there rest in my life? Is there calm, tranquility? And if there's not, what do I want to do about it? Because God is so for it. His spirit, the spirit that alighted on Jesus was a spirit of peace. And so that's actually a promise that the Lord is bringing to every one of us, peace, that sense of rest and calm.
1: Hmm. I also felt with that, like I just had this image of us being in a house together and God saying, you know, the door to eternity has always been open because you because as you love me, I've opened that door for you. It's not like we have to be in some elite club or there's a difficult way to get to that open door between here and heaven for our spirits to finally leave our earthly little tents and head there. Um, and I just felt like God said, there are some people who just want to really need to be reassured of that again. So if that's you and you feel like you would just like us to pray again for you or for someone, if you would like to stand for someone that you love who hasn't known what it means to be a friend of God, a friend of Jesus yet, hasn't known what it means to walk with him yet, would you stand? And um, I think we could just pray for you in that.
0: So what we'll do, these guys are going to come up and pray uh, play. Well, you can pray as well. That's totally it's like fine. prayer
1: when you play. Um
0: and so, I think what we'll do is that we'll all stand. But, but what Kath has said, what I've said, I'd love you to be able to just put your hand up and go, yeah, you know that's what, a good way. I, want to, I, I need a bit of prayer regarding, I've got a bit of storm, a bit of chaos mm-hmm. around me or in me. I love the Spirit of God to come. And I believe He is on this. Like, it is a big thing for Him. It's all about peace. And so, let's walk in it, eh? that's what the world needs the world needs to see us in peace Hmm. and they're going why are you so calm Uh, well I've got the Lord
1: I feel to pray for the people who are at home too can we just do that as you start playing and we stand let's could Phil and I just pray and then individual people will come around as you put your hand up but Lord we thank you we thank you that you are our peace that you are our our ark to hold us, to treasure us and that then as you speak to our spirits about joining in your greater mission we can walk out in peace, the way of peace in Jesus Christ knowing that for all eternity as we walk on this earth and that as we leave our bodies behind and uh, go to heaven that there's a big open door nothing is in the way between us and you so Lord for anyone today who's unsure of that we ask that your Holy Spirit would come now and they would say yes to you yes Lord Jesus I want to know you to believe in you to trust in you to know you as my friend and my saviour so Lord we bless those prayers this morning we bless Mm. the way that your Holy Spirit comes you love to give us peace it's the work of your Holy Spirit the counsellor You are the Prince of Peace, Lord Jesus. So come and walk among your people right now. It's not even our hands on people that bring that peace. It's your presence. So we're asking for that presence now, Lord God. Come. Come, Lord God. We welcome you, Lord Jesus.
0: And I think there's some here who are hungering. Like, Lord, I want to be a person of peace. (laughs) Mm. I want to have a home of peace. Peace. Um, it's just stirring in your heart. It's like, Lord, yes, yes. There's a sort of a... If that's you, just pop your hand in the air. You're just stirring like, I want my home to be a home of peace. I want my life to be a place of peace. So, Father, if you're near these guys, just maybe stretch your hand to them. I mean, I think we all get it. But, Father, just these people who are being stirred right now in your name, Lord, let your peace come on these people and these homes in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, fall on them. Fall on them. Stir their hearts, Lord Jesus. That's it. More, Lord, more. Let your power come. Let your presence come. Holy Spirit, come and alight on them, never to leave them with that powerful sense of peace. Thank you, Lord more, Lord. Now, while that's happening, we'll...
1: Um, Matt's just um, handed me the blessing and, I, you know, I said, he said, would you like to pray it over the people? And I was like, oh, yes, it's the prayer that i prayed every night, pretty much over my children and at weddings and... So, of course, I would like to pray it for you. <laughs> the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace.